Did everybody get notes? Well, you came in the wrong door. They're right back there. They should be back there. If you need notes, Dave, could you? Would that be you able to do that? What was your homework last week? To see. It was to see God in everything. To see. Faith sees. Being certain of things we cannot see. If you only look at what you can see, you'll get depressed, discouraged, down. You've got to learn to see the unseen. Because when you see the unseen, that's faith. Okay? That's faith. So, this is our... um, healing service we do it typically the first Sunday of the month but we didn't do it last week and so today we're going to focus on the healing ministry of Jesus we're going to pray for lots of people at the end of the service Um, and so what I want to talk about today is hindrances to healing hindrances to healing You and I have a part to play in receiving and accessing healing. Now, if you remember, either from your scripture reading or simply two months ago, I talked about this passage that said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Or your faith has made you well. If you remember, Paul saw a man and it says, Paul seen the man had faith to be healed. Um. Seeing the man, Paul released healing to him. Jesus, it says of Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, when they let the man down through the roof, um, he saw their faith and he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And, you know, then said, rise and walk. And so faith is an important part in receiving healing. And so we're going to talk about some hindrances here. But we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Somebody help those kids get into a classroom and stay in the classroom. (laughs) For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, when I say that we all have a part to play in receiving healing and that I'm going to give you some things that hinder healing... When it's all said and done, we just don't know sometimes. We just don't know. There's no explanation why a person doesn't get healed. They seem to have followed all the steps, and they're still not healed. We just don't know. And some of the godliest people you've ever met have been... I'm going to twist somebody's ear. So... Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, some of the godliest people. <laughs> they have not been healed. I think of my mom. My mom is a godly woman. Many of you look at her as, as your spiritual mother. My mom has not been healed. My mom has been under this thing for, gosh, since 96. That's 18 years. But she's struggled with this thing, and we have prayed and prayed, and we've done everything we know to do, you know, anointed, or you name it. We've done it. And she's still not healed. And so she takes medicine. And so here, there are things that can hinder us from healing. Let's get those things out of the way. That's what I'm here to do. When we get those things out of the way, if we're not healed, 
oh, well, we're going to praise Jesus, you know. And if we do get healed, we're going to praise him. But there, there is an atmosphere or uh, things that we can do that create an atmosphere of miracles. And so that's what we're after. One of the things I asked you to do was Friday, to give the day to prayer, to fasting. But what I, I don't want you to do is to sit here and feel guilty today uh, like it's your fault that you're not healed. But if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't feel, if you feel condemned or yucky, except in the parts where I think you might need to, if you, but other parts, don't listen to it, okay? Conviction is beautiful. Every one of us should love Holy Spirit conviction because Holy Spirit conviction means we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, and He cares enough about us to speak to us so that we can let go of something that's hurting us anyways. We love Holy Spirit conviction. We hate condemnation that just makes us feel yuck, and I'm no good, and I'm lousy, and I can't do anything. It, that's condemnation. That's not of God. It's of the devil. And so my purpose is simply to get some of these things out of the way. And if healing comes, we praise him. And if healing doesn't come, we're still going to praise him. And I was, you know, my wife's here today, but I was very blessed as we walked through this lung disease that she has. One time as she was wearing oxygen, she said, if I have to wear oxygen the rest of my life, I will, but I'm going to serve God with all of my strength wearing oxygen. Now that's the attitude that we need to have. Let's go for healing. Let's pray for healing. Let's do things in the natural that we can do. But in the meantime, we're going to serve God with all of our heart. And so I want to talk about four hindrances to healing. Sin, being irresponsible with our temple, a lack of faith, and not dealing with demons. I'm going to talk about those four things. So the first one is sin. Sin will not only hinder healing. Sin can be the cause of sickness. Now, is all sickness from sin? No, but all sickness comes from the fall, okay, where Adam and Eve first sinned. And now we're going to look at Scripture in Corinthians. This is to the New Testament church, okay? It's the authoritative words of Scripture. This truth that I'm about to share with you is revealed in the Old and the New Testament. And I have read and encountered and heard testimonies and encountered people where this has happened over and over. People have bitterness, and until they forgive, they don't get healed. And once they forgive, healing often flows to people. And so sin can hinder healing. And, but not just that, sin can actually make you sick. He who, now this is to Christians, to Christians. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. It's not here. But understand what this is saying. That if you don't discern the Lord's body, if you don't discern the Lord Jesus in your life, that when you take communion, you're actually taking judgment. Communion is supposed to be bringing healing. It's supposed to be bringing refreshing. It's supposed to be bringing renewing. But communion can actually, if you don't discern the presence of God in your life, that you, it actually brings judgment to you. What kind of judgment? Well, to the Corinthians that brought sickness, but is that it only limited to that? No, sin can bring all kind of judgment into marriages, into families, into finances, okay, into our health. And so here's what Paul says. For this reason, many are weak and sick and many sleep. That means dead. Now, I want you, I want you to get this because you don't hear this a whole lot preached. 
people were dying. People were sick and people were weak because of sin. Christians. Now, today it's so popular, we're under grace. We're under grace. We're under grace. These guys were too. They were, these guys were too. They were under grace and they were sick and weak and dead because of sin. And here's here's what's going on. In our country right now, God being Papa, God being Daddy, God being Lover, that is the most popular teaching. It's the most, and it's a, it's a needed teaching. Don't get me wrong. There's a truth about the Papa heart of God, our Father. There's a wonderful truth about that. But when you limit God, who's all-encompassing, when you limit him to Papa and lover only, and you neglect that he's terrifying, and he's judge, and he's a father, yes, but he disciplines. We're going to look at that scripture. When you limit God to only goosebumps and good feelings, and it's so neat, and it is, but when you don't take in the fear of the Lord, something is wrong. And this, for this reason, many were sick and weak and dead. Christians under grace were sick and weak and dead. You don't think some of our sickness is from sin? He goes on to say, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. In other words, if we would deal with our sin, bring it to the cross ourselves, we would not be judged. That says that in the Bible, in the New Testament. The sickness, the weakness, and the death was judgment for sin in the church, in the people of God. Now, there's two responses that can come when I'm teaching this. Here's the cocky response. Well, my sickness isn't from sin. Well, my problems aren't from sin. There's the first response. Not even open to the Holy Spirit saying, My child, this area right here is hindering you. This area right here is grieving me. Not even open to it. Just a cocky response. And then there's the other people that are hard on themselves. And they're thinking, oh, I know it. I'm such a flake. I'm so sinful. That's why I'm sick. That's why I've got all these problems in my life. That's why. And you people tend to be more hard on yourself. Both these positions are wrong. We need to just be open to the Holy Spirit, speaking to our hearts about things that are in the way. See, the Holy Spirit will never say, you're, you are sick because you're such a flake and you're so sinful. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak that way. The Holy Spirit is specific. You need to get this out of your life. You need to get that out of your life. This is grieving me. Condemnation or the enemy's voice is simply, you're a flag. You're so lukewarm. You'll never mount to anything. Look at you compared to these other Christians. You're this. That's the voice of the devil. The Holy Spirit is specific. Condemnation is general. Now, I want you to see this scripture here. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, your wives, with understanding. Give honor to your wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of God that your prayers may not be hindered. But wait, I'm under grace. Your prayers will be hindered based upon how you treat your spouse. Your prayers will not be heard. If you're not married, okay, how you treat your neighbor or how you treat the cashier or how you treat your waitress who brought your food cold. How you treat people will either cause your prayers to go up or cause your prayers to be hindered. Now, I like to pray, and so I treat my wife pretty good. (laughs) Okay, not perfect, but I treat her pretty good. Why do I treat her pretty good? Well, for one reason, she's 
worthy of that. But number two is I like to pray and I don't want my prayers not answered, so I better treat her good so that my prayers get up there. I don't want them to bounce back at me. Folks, this is New Testament. I know grace and lovey-dovey and all. But listen, there are consequences to how we treat other people. There's consequences to what we do with the commands of God. And I know we want to just say, oh, it's all wonderful and God understands and all this. Listen, people were sick and weak and dead. God really understood. He understood that sin is judged. Sin needs to be judged and disciplined, and a father does that for his children. So think of this. Your prayers for healing can be hindered by sin. Your prayer for finances, a job increase, hindered by sin. Your prayer for your kids, your prayer for emotional peace, hindered by how you treat your spouse. Don't you wish your spouse was here today? Okay, no. This is for you, you, you. So look at what Jesus did here. Here's this man. He was, he was lame for 38 years. Or maybe all his life. I don't remember if that's the gate. Beautiful one. Okay, here we go. He says, afterward, Jesus found the man that had been healed. And he said, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, we would all recommend never counseling someone that way, right? Never, never say something discouraging. Never, you know, never, the person was healed. Let's just rejoice and just say, oh, God loves you no matter what. Here he tells this guy, Don't sin anymore or something worse will come upon you. How much worse than being lame? Lame and blind? That's worse. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. I think we're too sometimes familiar, too casual with a holy God. Now, guys, I believe in laughing in his presence. Don't, don't give me I believe in joy. And I believe, you know, in the blessing of God and encountering his love and crying. And we, I love that stuff. But at the same time, he's a terrifying God. <laughs> he's a glorious father that disciplines his children. And that we should not, uh, because of a few scriptures, cast off some other scriptures. So let me take you through Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 5 through 11. And you, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when, he, when you are rebuked by him. Don't be discouraged if you're being disciplined. It means you're a child. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and he... Do you know what that is? It's a whip. Every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Well, there's some, unfortunately. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. See, discipline is good. We like it. Because it proves that we're children of God and it proves that he's working with us and he's Cutting things off, pruning, it says in John. Furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For if indeed for a few days, for they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, seemed best to them, help me here, but he for our profit, Now, are there any perfect earthly fathers? No. 
God's a perfect heavenly father and his discipline is perfect. And he does it so that we can become partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, some people resist training. You don't want to resist training. God disciplines us because he loves us so. Here, Jesus said it this way, I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. You think that might hurt a little bit? But why does he do it? So we grow more. It's because he loves us. So verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So, sin may make us sick. Sin welcomes judgment, and sin hinders our prayers. So we just say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. Holy Spirit, show me. Number one, sin can hinder healing. It can heal, sin can hinder healing to me personally as an individual or sin can grieve the Spirit of God in the midst of a people to where healing just doesn't happen, or it happens very limited. See, your sin is not your own sin. It impacts me. And my sin impacts you because we're a family. And sin, just like praise can change an atmosphere, sin can change an atmosphere. Attitudes can change an atmosphere. Number two, just say you forgive me right now for number two. I, I, I got to say something. To ask God to heal your body when you abuse your body with food, with addictions, with laziness, is a little bit presumptuous. You say, I want to hear just spiritual things. This is spiritual. Taking care of your temple is spiritual. You need this temple to your dying breath, so you need to be careful what you put in your temple. And um, here the Bible tells us, do you not know that your body is the temple? This body belongs to God. You, you, whom you have from God, you're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. By the way, people say the flesh is evil. The flesh is not evil. The flesh has been redeemed. The flesh is being presented to God. Glorify God in your body and your spirit. Carnal desires, those are fleshly and wrong. But my flesh is not sinful. My flesh is holy because Christ moved into this body. So don't hate your body. Your body is the temple. I don't want to camp here long, but there's a host of information out there about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, and the importance of exercise. And Americans, by the millions, have eaten themselves into a multitude of diseases. They have. Maybe you have. And some Christians will not heed sign Sound scientific evidence, medical and natural doctors, and studies that have linked sickness to food and drink and lack of exercise. 
And people all over America know certain foods and drinks are bad for them, but they eat away because they lack self-control. Well, praise God, self-control is something that we can have by abiding. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if we abide in him, we can be delivered from every addiction. Food addictions, sugar addictions, tobacco addictions, alcohol addictions, overeating addictions. And we can be delivered from, do you guys know what LBD is? Lazy butt disorder. Christians can be delivered from that too. All right. If putting wrong food items in us make us sick, to expect God to heal us so we keep putting wrong foods in us and not treasuring the temple of the Holy Spirit is somewhat presumptive. Therefore, since Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Listen, to get free of any addiction, your flesh will suffer. Now, yes, every now and then we hear a wonderful testimony. Somebody gets prayer, and they never have a desire for tobacco again. Well, praise God for that. No, seriously, praise God for that. But most have to suffer their flesh. And the person that he delivers from a drug addiction, they're still going to have to suffer their flesh for this porn addiction. Everybody has to suffer the flesh. To take care of this temple, your flesh will suffer. When you first start exercising, what does your body feel like? Oh, it hurts so bad. Okay? Your flesh suffers. Excuse me. But to lose weight, this thing right here suffers. Okay? This thing right here suffers somewhat. Because you're denying it something. But I'm telling, listen, I'm talking to you about hindrances to healing. And if you want to be healed, it will take work taking care of the temple. God might touch you before you take care of your temple, but you better take care of your temple after he touches you. Are you going to stay at the church or are you leaving? To get victory over any addiction, there's often a suffering of the flesh. You simply have to suffer your flesh. You have the Holy Spirit. You have, you have self-control. And yeah, sometimes it helps to get somebody to help you with it, doesn't it? Most people that get free from addictions, they have an accountability partner or maybe an exercise partner or a food-eating partner or a whatever. You, or, you know, if it's a porn thing, you get a partner, you get a, you. You get somebody to help you break through the addiction. I know this isn't super exciting, but this is the way you walk in freedom. You suffer the flesh. Number three, lack of faith. And I just want to build it down to this. Faith means persistence. Listen, I can't muster up faith. I just, oh, I feel such faith. I'm not good at feeling faith, but I'm good at being a pest. I'm good at being a pest in prayer. And faith is being persistent. Faith is not this feeling thing that we get, oh, I feel faith in the room. Now, that's cool when it happens, and it does happen. I don't know when, but it does happen where you would feel faith in the room. But faith is mostly persistence. Faith is mostly your belief in motion, your belief in action. I'm good at doing. I'm not good at feeling sometimes. I just can't muster up feeling. So faith is persistence. And a lack of persistence is one of the biggest signs of losing faith. 
a lack of persistence in you know, your time with God, a lack of persistence in fellowshipping with the people, your lack of faith in praying. All of that is a sign of losing faith. And Jesus gave parables about this. Here's the woman. You know, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. And this widow comes to him and he's bugging the judge. And the judge says, even though I don't fear God and I don't fear man, but because this woman's pestering me, I'm going to give her what she wants. And verse 7 says, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? to him though he bears long with them there it is persistence night and day hey we sing a song about that i love that song i don't know if you guys do that just just so catchy i tell you that he will avenge them speedily nevertheless when the son of man comes will he really find faith on the earth what's the faith he's talking about here persistence night and day prayer and then you know the parable you know the man uh, he, he goes to bed and his friend comes to him midnight and says lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and i have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within and say do not trouble me the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed i cannot rise and give to you and i say to you he will not rise and give to you because he is your friend, yet because of his persistence, he will arise and give him as many as he needs. And then Jesus says this, so I say to you, ask, and it's what that word ask, it's present participle Greek, which means ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks find and to him who knocks it will be open. So God views persistence as faith. If our kids are persistent with us, we feel like backhanding. Don't do that. But we get annoyed by it. But God likes persistent. God moves on, on the part of the persistent prayers of his people. We're told this in James 4, 2-3. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it. So here's what they're asking for. They're asking for money, simply money for pleasure. But there's a principle in there. You don't have because you don't ask. Now, we're asking for the kingdom. We're not asking for prosperity. We want to pay bills. But we're, we're asking for the kingdom. And the kingdom is power. And it's in deed. And it's in transformed lives. And so... Here he tells us, you don't have it because you don't ask. And how are we supposed to ask? The biblical way. A teaching was around in the body of Christ in the 70s, just ask once. And if you ask more than once, it's a, line of, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a lack of faith. That's totally false. It's untrue. The Bible teaches we're to be persistent when we pray. Another thing that we need to do is we need to battle with the word of God. Now, <laughs> Maxine Hauser, if you guys know Maxine... She is one persistent battling lady with the word of God. She is always, every morning she gets up and she listens to healing scriptures. That's what she does. That's her morning routine. She listens to the word and she prays the word and she confesses the word. And this lady has been healed of so many conditions and she's had so many aches and pains come on her body. And she just goes to battle with the word of God persistently. She just keeps speaking the word of God to it. And yes, I do it. Say what the Bible says to you and to us. Persistently pray. Persistently speak the word of God to your body, to your emotions, to your finances, to your marriage. 
Lastly, not dealing with demon power that enforce or cause sickness. All sickness is not caused by sin. All sickness is not caused by demons. But when you read through the New Testament, you see an incredible link between demons and sickness. In fact, Peter said it this way, God went around healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is under the category of oppression of the devil. He may not cause all of it, but it's his category. It's what happened at the fall. Sickness came in. And so some sicknesses and even some bondages and some addictions and some patterns in our life are simply enforced or supported by demonic lies. And so they try to get inroads by us agreeing with them. This has happened. People have been completely healed, and the next day it's, it's completely back. Now, why is that? Usually it's because a demon was causing it, and the demon wasn't dealt with. And so it comes back. I've heard many testimonies from people that have prayed, uh, you know, for people with blind eyes over in Africa, and they're completely healed, and the next day they're completely blind again because they didn't deal with a demonic power. So then they learned to deal with a demonic power that is behind or supporting uh, that thing. And so here's another way you can sometimes tell where there's demonic things involved is if you pray for a person and the pain moves. If it moves, it's, a, it's often a sign that the demon is simply moving from the area that you're focusing the name of Jesus on, and so it moves to another location. Um, or it could be you just have a stiff back and you need to get up and stretch. Okay, but lastly, lastly, we don't know. We don't know. You could do all these things right and the 20 other things that other preachers come up with and still not be healed. We don't know. Can I explain that? Absolutely not. All right, but we know this, God is good. God is good. God is good before healing, he's good after healing, and he's good if healing doesn't come. And I don't know why, but I'm going to worship and praise and give myself to him at all times. So here's all I'm saying to you today. We're saying, Holy Spirit, come. Show me any area where I'm growing weary or I'm already. Show me. Show me any sin. Show me any any demonic doors I've opened through agreement. And teach me persistence. Teach me persistence, how to war with the promises of God. And remember this scripture, don't grow weary. Stay persistent. Grow, don't grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay, now just stay with me because I have till 1215, though I usually almost never take it. Guest speakers tend to do it, but I don't typically. So, But I, I want us to pray for some uh, categories right now. Um, and I'm going to share with you this come, do you guys remember Pastor Orlando from Costa Rica? About four years ago, his niece came to our church. I think she was doing something with Pat's church and, and she was praying. And while she was praying, she had a vision of our church, a girl that came here one time, four years ago, lives in Costa Rica. And she said, I saw the river church. I was able to see Pastor Mike and Orlando in the pulpit area. And then right back here, she said, I saw a woman crying and screaming on her knees. This woman was dressed like in the Bible movies, in, in a dark purple dress and some rags. And I was able to see her face, but her screaming and crying was so loud. And behind her voice, I was able to hear the word uterus over and over and over. 
Once I started praying, I started to see a lot of women from the church who suffer or have issues uh, with their lady parts. I know that there's a person that wants to get pregnant and can't, and another with endometriosis. And the doctor doesn't even know what's wrong with it, but the person has pain 24-7. I see another person, I think, with a fallopian tube thing, and it's causing a lot of pain with her period. And every time I hear this woman screaming, I see a lot of blood like dark blood, what we call bad blood or, or clots. And then she said, I saw Pastor Mike's daughter. Uh, she worship leader, plays the keyboard, and she's dressed in white. Did you wear white? She didn't wear white. Well, there's some white there, okay. And, and said, but she needs to pray for all these women. I saw her praying for all the women in the church individually while Orlando and I were praying and standing in the pulpit area. So she's moving in two weeks, and I thought, I don't know if you know this, but Alyssa has has suffered, I think, from about age 16 with with a lot of pain in that area, all, all kinds of – had a surgery and stuff. But And so we, I just want to sort of act this vision out and pray. And she's going to – and maybe, Mom, you could help her because – but to pray for women – and we're going to do this a little bit later, but just pray for any woman that that speaks to you and say, man, that's me, okay? So, but I, I do want to just do some corporate prayers right now just for some some things. So I know that this is a condition that many people struggle with, but just back and neck pain, skeletal, nerves pinch, hips and knees, those kind of things where you have pain. If you would just stand, we want to just pray corporately as a body for people that struggle with back and neck pain, skeletal Nerves pinch, those kind of things. If you would stand. Okay, so the rest of the body, either put your hands on them or just stretch your hand toward them. I don't care if you're right next to them. You might as well touch them. Um, So let's pray right now. And remember, faith is persistence. You say, Mike, do you feel anything in the room? I don't need to feel anything in the room. (laughs) We're being persistent in asking God every single week to heal. So, Father, we lift these up to you right now. Their backs, their hips, their joints, their knees, their shoulders, their elbows, God, whatever it is, there's something in their skeletal structure that is in a lot of pain. And and maybe they need new bones and new parts. It doesn't matter because you do all of those things. You give people new body parts. And so, Lord, we call upon the name of Jesus Christ. We lay hands on the sick. We speak the word of God, the name of Jesus Christ, over every disease, over all decay, over all death in people's bodies. And we pray that you would do creative miracles this morning in people's bodies. In the name of Jesus. Now, say this with me, church, because there's power in our words. Just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Father, we pray this right now that people will begin to feel the power of God go through their spine, through their body, and you will do a creative work in people that they would not need the surgery, they would not need the pain medication because of the work that you do in them right now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, now go ahead and sit down. I want to pray for people that have sleep problems, that have depression or anxiety or your kids struggle with ADD or ADHD, all bipolar. If you struggle or your kids struggle or your grandkids struggle, you know, our, our 
I saw some statistics of how many kids in our valley struggle with uh, learning disabilities and learning limitations. It like blew my mind away. Have you seen that study they did? No, it's it's in our valley that was done, but it's it's so if if your kids or if you struggle with sleep disorders, anxiety, panic attacks, just stand again. We want to pray for you or your kids right now. That's what I said. Would you list hearing problems? Let's pray for hearing problems. <laughs> okay, again, if you... Okay, church, stand up now. Just sort of get around these. It's, it's just nice for them to feel your hand on them. Just sort of move around. If you can't move because somebody there, just, just reach, your hand, reach your hand to them. But, Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for Lord's sleep difficulties that these or their kids are having, nightmares, they wake up, they can't go to sleep, they wake up in the middle of the night, they can't go back to sleep. God, that is a torment. All of us have experienced sleepless nights, and we know how tormenting it is, but some people live with this. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ for healing for them, for their body clock to respond to the Spirit of God and to darkness. And God, that they will begin to sleep soundly. Seven hours a night would be amazing for some, or eight hours a night. Lord, touch people in this area, that you would heal them, that you would set their body in order. We pray for our kids that have all these, these learning disabilities and their body races and anxiety. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, touch our children, touch our sons and daughters. Touch those that have been diagnosed with bipolar. They have it in their family. They have mental illness in their family. Lord, touch them now and break off the chain and the the generational thing that can pass. God, we pray for the blessing of the Father in heaven to come upon our sons and our daughters, our grandkids. In the name of Jesus, we pray for joy to be released, for heaviness to be removed, for despair to be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, I don't know if anybody else, but just anybody with, you you have an organ that's diseased in your body. It could be pancreas. It could be something else, an organ that's causing pain, liver pain. Um, but if you, your heart, yeah, heart issues. So any kind of issues like that, anything with an organ. No, I mean an organ. Okay, let's pray for these now that are standing. Jesus, we come to you. We ask for heart, we ask for the arteries to open up. We ask for the the cholesterol that's built up to clear out right now and start eating better, folks. I pray that right now, uh, kidneys, uh, the pancreas, liver, Lord, we pray for these organs. uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, for hearing, for the eyes, for the ears. God, for these things that have been damaged or decayed or diseased, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for health, healing, uh, everything to flow correctly. In the name of Jesus Christ, touch people right now. Lord, anywhere there could be colon cancer, in the name of Jesus Christ, let healing come. Anyone with cancer in their body, may it die in any organ. For the glory of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, now what I want to do is I want to pray. I want to have any of the women, and again, I'm going to dismiss here, but any of the women that, are, that have any kind of struggles in the areas that I mentioned, um, 
I don't know all the right words, but yes, the pain in here, uh, female issues, or you need to get pregnant. I don't know who that would be. If anybody like that, uh, if you would just come up here, over here to this side, and uh, Alyssa and uh, Cheryl are going to be praying for you right now. So, all right. So, in, any other ladies? Okay, we've got a couple here. And if you need prayer, you can go up there afterwards. Let's pray. So Thursday night, there's a prayer meeting here with some other churches. Saturday at 2 o'clock, we're going to support the Shepherd family that's traveling from far away as San Jose down from Huntington Beach. We're going to support them by just saying we love Mike and we love the Shepherd family. All right. Lord, bless Sid be your name. Thank you, God. I just pray that healing will continue to flow. I pray that we will get serious about our health. It's serious about things we put in our body. Serious about continuing to war in persistent prayer, speaking the word, declaring the word, getting people to pray for us, that we won't just settle into sickness. But, Lord, we know that that you bore stripes for our healing. We know that you forgave all our sins. We know you want to heal all our diseases. I pray that we as a church body will just every week just keep contending. We don't have to fill a thing. We don't have to fill faith in the room. Lord, we just keep asking because you are a God that avenges your people. In the name of Jesus, may persistence day and night, night and day, let incense arise in the people of God. Constant praise, constant prayer, constant worship to the King of glory. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys are dismissed. If you guys want to go in my office to pray, I don't care. All right.